Ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> we are Anime Limited. You are listening to the Anime Limited podcast. I am Jeremy Graves, joined in the office studio by Cat Hall, Kerry Cassim, and Andrew Partridge. How's it going, people? What up? Hello. Hi. It, the order of speaking there was Kerry, Andrew, Cat, by the way. <laughs> if for those of you wondering. <laughs> what? No. Kerry, <laughs> Andrew, oh, Cat. Right. <laughs> It's a brand new week. We're, we are recording this on Monday the 13th of April. It is beautiful rainy Glasgow, Scotland, contrary to what I thought it was going to be earlier this morning when I came dressed for summer. But how's it going, everybody? Yeah, pretty good. How are you enjoying the Glasgow seasons in a day? <laughs> oh, it's yeah. tremendous. Five seasons. We, we cheer- cheerfully didn't warn Jeremy before moving up, but you in fact experienced all four seasons in some days in Glasgow. I experienced all four seasons walking to work one day. <laughs> When I went through a hailstorm, a rainstorm, and then when I got to the office, it was sunny. And as Carrie heard, I just shouted, sod off weather. Important to know if you're coming to, to MCM Comic Con in September as well in Glasgow. Bring a brolly. Bring a, bring a brolly, bring a wax jacket, bring wellies, and bring a t-shirt and shorts. Just to be safe. Just wear a wetsuit. You know, yeah. In all fairness, it is April, so like... We, it's, it's, still, it's game for anything still, just yeah, now. As far as I'm concerned, it's, mid- it's mid-April, it's summertime for me. Mm. Nah, you're say. from the south, man. Duh. <laughs> it doesn't Duh. work like that here. I'm, I'm a Londoner. You know, you'll you'll find in July you don't even know what the weather's going to be. So The yeah. North remembers, yeah. however. Yeah. The Great North. <laughs> north North of the Wall if we're going into like Attack on Titan or Game of Thrones. I was just I was gonna say I was dropping Game of Thrones reference in There given. you go. Yeah. There you go. So everybody, welcome to the podcast. We are here to give you the latest news relating to Anime Limited, including but not limited to simulcasts. Questions from you, Wings of Bunny Armies, and who knows what else. Speaking of simulcasts, let's begin with simulcasts, because at viewster.com right now, you can watch Seraph of the End, Vampire Reign, The Heroic Legend of Arsland, and Plastic Memories. The first two episodes are available absolutely free right now at viewster.com, and you can also watch Plastic Memories for free right now at crunchyroll.com as well. But Andrew... We wanted to touch on simulcast from the get-go because uh, a few people had a few questions stemming from the launch of Seraph of the End and the Heroic Legend of Arsland last week. So we wanted to clear the air a little bit, didn't we? Just put, just get a few things straightened out as to how things go. Yes, indeed we did. So basically, the first week was slightly delayed and people were, were curious about you know what was going on there and when it, were, when it was going up. So basically, how things work is... When we license a show for simulcast, when we're not hosting it on our own platform, like like in the days where it was like anime on demand when, when I was at Kaze, basically we work with partners, so be it Viewster or Crunchyroll, uh, we, we establish an arrangement for how it's going to work and then the rest transfers into their hands. So they we, we supply either we supply the material to them or more likely we coordinate with them so they receive it directly. And either the subtitles are provided by the, the US licensee or they're translated ourselves. It really depends on a case by case basis. Now, basically, in the case when it's your own platform, it's very straightforward. The delay is on you, whatever happens in the, the scenario. But normally, for a simulcast with a partner, what happens is once the deal is done, it really kind of becomes more streamlined into. Once the materials are established as arriving on time, which actually for, for all three shows they have been, it kind of transitions into being the platform's work at this point, which is always a hard task. Simulcasts are really tough work. 
and it seems like it was a, a delay in the first week due to Easter time, like creating merry hell of holidays, etc. And then um, actually, like then, aside from that, everything else came up on the the correct dates. Actually, I believe. So I mean, it's like it kind of takes a little bit for some platforms, especially newer ones, to get get to grips with that, which puts fans in a difficult position at times. But as a whole, we we aim like. We supply the materials as close to the time as humanly possible, and in fact, like on time in both cases, and they're working exceptionally hard to make the dates fans want. So, I, like, I, I think everyone is sorry that it was a delay in the first week, and we hope that people are tuning into Vista now to watch it. And Crunchyroll as well for Plastic Memories, where actually it's kind of an, a, an open arrangement. We tend to work out what makes sense on a title by title basis. And also, full credit to Viewster as well, because there was a minor niggle when Seraph of the End went up, but full credit to them, they, they got on it, they got on the train to get that fixed, and it was fixed in a pretty good time as well, following it going up. So yeah, everyone, Viewster.com for Seraph of the End, The Heroic Legend of Arslan, and Plastic Memories, and also Crunchyroll.com for Plastic Memories as well. Moving on to, to more physical matters, I suppose, which can be interpreted in a variety of ways, but hey-ho. <laughs> Wings of Only Armies, that is our next release at the time you're hearing. Well, technically, it's at, it's part released and part being released next week, because that's how it works. The DVD version is out now, but for those of you waiting for the limited edition collector's edition Blu-ray slash DVD combo set, it is out this coming Monday, the 20th of April. You can pre-order your copy today, and actually, by the time you're hearing this, there will be an unboxing on the website. We've got that all arranged. It's going to be a nice photo gallery taking you through what you will get exactly with it, how it's going to look, and then you can decide if you want to order it or not. But to be fair, it's not actually just about the physical presentation of the box and the discs because the actual quality of the DVD and Blu-ray, reviews have been coming in at our end and they're loving the DVD and Blu-ray. So this is going to be one you're going to want to have in your collection. If you don't know much about the film, actually, it's a really, really good film. Um, I didn't really know much about it. I missed it at the SLA screening last year, um, so I hadn't seen it. And it's really, really engaging. The English dub is also pretty good, and the story is fantastic. And it is, uh, you'll see so many references to it being classic 80s anime. It was released right before Akira, and it kind of has that feel and that style to it. And it is really beautiful and well worth watching. On either DVD or Blu-ray, but as usual, like anime, turns out looking really tremendous on Blu-ray. So definitely recommend it. It's also from that odd period of um, voice acting where some big names nowadays were involved in voiceovers. So Brian Cranston, for example, before he was even in Malcolm in the Middle, um, was doing did some voiceovers and he voices one, not the main character, but he voices one of the characters in um, Wings of Honey Amis. Mm-hmm. Um, also, in- interestingly enough, Kiefer Sutherland, not in Wings of Honey Amis, but in other dobs around the same time, um, actually was, was doing some anime voiceovers as well, would you believe it? Which is a, a pretty big changeover from, from stuff like, like nowadays, you know, now he's playing... He's gone back to voiceovers, actually playing yeah. Snake, actually, in Phantom Pain, should it ever be released now. <laughs> I'll be interested to see how many lines he actually says, given that all we heard him say in Ground Zeroes was, hold it, <laughs> and freeze. The trailer had a few more lines as well. But I'm looking forward to it, in fairness, just to go on a tangent there. 
But, but yes, yeah, so Wings of Bunny Armies people, make sure you head over to blog.alltheanime.com to read the content. There was a fantastic article from Andrew Osmond which really got people talking about the film. So if you want to know more about it, you can read it there as well. Speaking of blog.alltheanime.com, that is the place where you can find a variety of features that we post on there each and every week. You will also find simulcast updates for when the latest episodes of the shows we mentioned a few minutes ago will be available. And if you just go directly to alltheanime.com and you can find a link to the blog from there, you will also find links to our web store where you can pre-order Wings of Oni Armies as well should you feel so inclined. If you want to hit us up on the social media, on Twitter and Facebook, we are All The Anime. And then if you want to find us on Instagram and YouTube, it's All The Anime UK. On the subject of Wings of Honeyamis as well, like, it's... Like, the packaging's really worth a look, folks, as well. I I wish I were being sarcastic, (laughs) but I keep a coffee on my desk just now because we used a different kind of gloss from the normal on the... The packaging, incredible mm-hmm. packaging nerd moment here on my part. <laughs> but, um, so you really can feel the difference. Like, if you take a copy of Tiger and Bunny, the, the beginning, or actually any of our other releases, Bloodlad, like, uh, like that Bloodlad or Patma Inverted, for example, the collector's edition, or the ultimate, actually, and you feel the two cases separately, and you'll feel a distinct difference between the two. So we, we actually mess around with gloss a lot, and we'll, we'll, probably talk about that on another more focused on packaging podcast I guess but it's worth looking at. Kat to bring you into the frame here given that you're a product manager and very much involved in the packaging side of things looking ahead there was a bit of news we wanted to share about Space Dandy what wasn't there what can you reveal for us about season two? <laughs> well um just signed off on the brief for that well I said that last time didn't I um but our graphic designer has been working on that and we can also reveal that the collector's edition will have 20 art cards with it. What What could you possibly be putting <laughs> on 20 art cards? I well, certainly don't remember signing off on this. Given Given all the, the samples we received from Japan of the Japanese Space Dandy, basically it came in 10 parts, which obviously we'd never do that um, over here. But obviously each box has its own unique art, so instead of squandering it and not letting anyone ever see that again, we decided to put the both the honey side and the the front of the box on the art cards. So to give people the context, I have a Japanese edition. Everyone followed the same format, basically. The front was a cover featuring a chunk of the cast in some capacity, normally in some kind of pastiche-style environment compared to either a time, like a time in history or a film or a piece of music. Um, the back... Each time was a kind of a pin-up of honey from the the restaurant in Space Dandy. Boobies. In, <laughs> exactly. In um, like like in a different kind of pin-up style. Mm. My favorite art was the one where um, they have Meow dressed up in Devo. Yeah, dressed up as Devo, which yeah. I completely lost my uh, my crap over, um, and really really loved. So I'm looking forward to that art card. If it's included, I've asked maybe? for it to be removed from no! Carrie's so there is no loss of bowel I, reaction. I never signed off on that, Andrew. <laughs> but, but also to go with that, there there is an exclusive element to our Space Dandy season two release as well, isn't there? Oh yeah, um, there's <laughs> the forgot. the artwork we talked about before, right? Yeah, we had a specially commissioned illustration just for us for the season two collector's edition of Space Dandy. So. Yeah, it will be a clean box as well. I decided to go for an O card to cover it, so that hopefully will appease many fans. 
it looks great as well. Like as exclusive illustrations go, yeah. it's going to have every one that you want on that mm. cover as well. Yeah, I was really nervous about asking them for it because they asked for a sort of a, ru- a really rough sort of concept of how they wanted it to look, and I just did this awful drawing, like really <laughs> scribbly and like. You know, was it like stick men or something? Pretty much, like just really rough outlines of them all, and I sent it to them, and then they're like, "Oh, that's great, thank you." And then you know, a few months later, they sent us the rough of what they'd done, and they basically copied the same poses. Well, not copied, but just thought that that must have been how they that we wanted it. So I was just quite surprised they managed to to tell what I'd actually drawn. Mm. <laughs> um, we yeah. know there's been some queries as well about whether we'd be doing a box like we did with Kill the Kill as well unfortunately the cost of doing and clearing all those art cards like the 20 art it was basically a, a toss up between and we had this really nice artwork which did the job for the rigid case as is hmm. um, and, but we wouldn't be able to use all even if we, we made a collector's box we wouldn't have been able to use all like 20 pieces of art hmm. like on a box so the, the decision Cat came up with or came to me with anyway was to, to do the art cards instead and they're, they're going to be pretty cool, actually. I reckon we can. You can probably frame them. I'm going to try yeah. framing them in the <laughs> office anyway and see see how it turns out. But we should add that it's not just the art cards you're getting in season yeah. two. You will get a book as well as per season one. Yes. Except you're getting art cards as well. So yeah. it's, it's actually more bang for your buck in many ways. Yeah. yeah. And Andrew, you mentioned Kill the Kill Part Three. There, we should bring this up on the podcast. We've not had a chance to talk about it publicly yet. But the collector's box that will be included with the first print run only of Kill the Kill Box Three—it's sweet as you people need to pre-order it. No matter where you pre-order it, you will get the box. So long as it's part of the first print run. So that'll be the like that'll definitely encompass day one orders. Like, um, there's enough out there to, to cover that, I would say. But once it's gone, it's gone. So, to, don't go asking me, for example, oh, Birmingham Comic Con in November, will you have any left? No. Because I don't know. Might do, might not. <laughs> it depends how many of you people want it. We'll, we'll definitely have some for MCM Comic Con in May. That mm-hmm. much I can say for sure, because it won't be out officially at that point yet. So we'll have some stock left, like, prepared especially mm-hmm. for that. Anything else really depends on how things are going. We'll let people know when the first print runs out, so there's no, like, always running out. So, like, so people have a chance to to grab it while they can as well. So don't don't worry. We're not just suddenly going to go. Ah, uh, yeah, it's been gone for months now. <laughs> so, for example, we may eventually post something like, FYI, if you're wanting the box, we've got through X amount percentage of the allocation of the box. We'll do it something like that, so it gives you an indication. If you want it, you better hurry up. <laughs> Talking about, I don't think we've actually talked about what's inside the box yet. So it's we have not. Probably worth pointing out. That Angel the... choir singing mostly when you open the hinge. <laughs> it's like there's no. Well, that'd be difficult because there's no hinge. Yes. It's a lift off lid box. <laughs> yeah, or you know, lift off the lid box, whatever. That's what and I you said. lift off the lid. <laughs> Angel sing. No. Um, inside is part three. Like, only part three, you don't get all three parts as part of that, I'm afraid. You have to buy the one and two separately. There's a reason why we put part one and two sold separately on that image that we shared around people. <laughs> um, <laughs> but, like, inside it, it's basically the same model as before. So there is a, um, like, there's the, obviously, the Blu-ray or the DVD, depending on what one you buy, um, which contains the bonus OVA released only in Japan. It's not on Netflix or anywhere else. Um... So, like, along with the, like, both dubbed and subbed version of it. 
It's also got... Uh, it's also got the web previews, clean opening and endings, and it's also got a digest recap of the show from the perspective of Sexy Sensei, because I can't remember his actual name at the moment. <laughs> Sexy, Sexy Sexy Sensei is Shiny his official guy. name. But which is what we call him in the office, affectionately. Yeah. So you know yeah. who I mean. <laughs> also interesting to, to point out is as well, for anyone who's watched the show on Netflix, there is actually an English dub on the Blu-ray and DVD and um, it's the same in the the USA. It's only the subtitled version on Netflix. Mm. So if you really love your dubs, it's probably like it's worth buying the DVD and Blu-ray. We don't really foresee it being added to Netflix anytime soon. And um, also in the the box for part three is a instead of a character art book like you've seen before, and like um like like in keyframes. This time we've got image boards and setting designs. So it's completely different to the booklets you've had before and is really amazing, to be honest. And just a note on the uh, the English dub, I know not many people care for the dub. There were some concerns about the dub when it first came out, but it is pretty, pretty amazing. It's, it's really rather spot on, and I think they got the cast nigh on perfect for this, and that it's really well worth a spin. I don't know, I think a lot it. of people do care about the dub. I think a lot of people do care about the dub. I mm-hmm. think it's just a case of sometimes... Like, sometimes the dub... Like, the, the dub followers are quite quite vocal sometimes, mm-hmm. they're, they're less so, but I think there is a a community out there who like dubs, and I'm oh, sure Twitter, will t- Twitter and Facebook will tell me whether that's right or wrong afterwards, but... I will say that I think a lot of people have warmed up to the dub after being able to watch it on the DVD and Blu-ray. Because at first, mm. a lot of people are apprehensive to any English dub. Mm-hmm. But with the Killer Kill one, it it invokes so much of the energy of what you see on screen and what yeah. you've heard with the Japanese yeah. voiceover. Yeah. Like, it's, what is it, Takarada from, like, midway through? Oh, he's perfect. His, I his love character oh. is ridiculous. I love his yeah. dub. Yeah. I think they got that. Right? Yeah. yeah. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. And they actually got Mako. Like, she's amazing. And the English dub for Mako is just brilliant. And mm. it's, it, it, it's not half-assed at all. It is just... It matches the Japanese and the spirit of the original, like completely perfectly so yeah, yeah Takarada is definitely my favourite dub yeah. I really really enjoyed that and for those of you wondering who is going to be on either side of the box of part 3 specifically stay tuned yes we're like that <laughs> so on to the community segment portion of the programme we put out the call on Facebook and Twitter for a variety of questions let's see what you gave us this time Tim asks when will the first details about the Bacano Collector's Edition be released? As uh, soon as we have approval from Aniplex of America, basically. We're in approvals just now, but until we've got a sign-off on what we can include, it's difficult to say, as it's changed a few times. Um, the particular committee in question is not like not the easiest, because a lot of the illustrations are from a, a very big illustrator, like one of my favourites, actually, but... That makes it very difficult to go back in time and renegotiate. So we've had to work pretty hard on this one, I have to say. From Chills of the East, when will your next Kickstarter project be? Or will there be one again? Uh, Kerry's favourite topic. Yeah. Um, I do love my Kickstarters. They're a lot of work, but I do love them. Uh, Kickstarter. Um, we definitely would love to do another Kickstarter. Um, we try to like have different kinds of Kickstarters, like different flavours. So like My My Miracle... Uh, was completely different to Patema Inverted Ultimate Edition. So something along those lines where we try to kind of mix it up and see what works best. 
Um, however, we're hesitant to launch any new Kickstarter until we've cleared out the other ones. Um, Potem Inverted is pretty much nearly done for clearing out all rewards and everything and just shutting it down. My My Miracle, hopefully later on this summer. Um, and so yeah, it we, we just doesn't feel right with us mm. to kind of start another one when we haven't finished the, the, the or closed the other ones down yet. So hopefully soon, maybe if we come across something interesting we might do but yeah stay yeah, tuned i, I mean, mean we're, we're big fans of it here um as a way to kind of bring something a bit different to to fans that would be incredibly difficult and incredibly expensive to do otherwise yeah so. i think it's very specific really mm -hmm. i mean you can't just do a kickstarter for the sakes of it i mean you look around and it's not like, even the companies who used to do... Who were doing crowdfunding before crowdfunding became a thing, like Animego. Like, they've only done one and floated the idea of doing another one. Like, since then. Like, so they did the Bubblegum Crisis one, but now they've floated a few ideas, but there's nothing concrete yet. Because it's a, it is an incredibly large workload, and it's not always... It's not the right place for just pre-orders. I mean, I, I know that... Like, there's always been discussion back and forth. I, like, I think, for example, Patima was always about the Ultimate Edition, a component which costs so much to do up front that you couldn't have done it without having having done it on Kickstarter first. Remain, you can't, if you don't sell all the units, you can't just build a throne out of them mm. or anything. So some had to go up and always, the Collector's Edition and the Standard would always be made regardless, but you don't want to exclude people from helping make something yeah. awesome happen just because they don't want to spend just because they don't want to spend like 40 quid or 35 quid on on buying a film you know, it gives an opportunity to help the project in general yeah. even if they don't want the ultimate edition and it's, ex it's exceptionally exclusive like it, it excludes people who, who want to help like a director's work be successful by not offering the chance to buy their edition there kind of a like it's a, it's a difficult one to be sure but mm. I think it is about kind of iterating a bit it's certainly not about doing something just for the sakes of yeah. having a having a kickstarter on the go you definitely have to pick your projects and you have to pick something that really inspires fans or really kind of intrigues them and I think it would be hugely cynical to just do a kickstarter for the hell of it for whatever titles and you know we're, we're not here to take advantage of people. We're here to, to do something different and unique and maybe bring something that most people wouldn't have a chance to see otherwise. Um, and that's what we want to do. Yeah. From Matthew, what's the thought process behind which shows you license when it comes to simulcasts? And then to add to that one, from Simon, he asks, how do you decide which streaming service specifically to put your shows on? Um, my my colleagues here are making dart like <laughs> gestures to me, implying that I have no plan whatsoever. But they are wrong, and I will tell them why. Um, so basically, it depends. I mean, how everyone does it, basically in one format or another, is everyone has a wish list each season. Every company, be it us, Sentai, Funimation, Madman, like you name it, like everyone has this this list they want. Like, of shows they want. And most of us rate it in order of some kind. You know, and, like, it, it basically comes down to what... Sh like, I mean, everyone has preferred partners. Everyone has preferred strategies. 
Like, but really, like for, for acquisition, it's really just the usual process. Everyone makes an offer and puts forward a strategy. And sometimes, like, sometimes you get the titles you want. Sometimes you get a fraction of them. Sometimes you don't pick anything up at all. And we, since we don't actually have... This is where the difference comes in between some other companies. Like, between companies as a whole, not some, actually. Is sometimes you pick up... Like, if, if you're like us and you don't run a simulcast platform, it's perfectly acceptable, actually, for some seasons to not pick up a show. Like, if we don't think there's something which fits our criteria in a month, not a month, a season, then, like, there's no need to throw in on it. You can focus on something else instead. It's nice to pick up a show if you like it, but it's not a requisite. If you're a company who has a simulcast platform, though, then you need content to fill it. So really, the, the process goes... So there's an extra stage added in. It's not like, for us, I would say the process is straightforward. Are there any shows this season we like? Have we read the manga for them? Uh, which we will go and do if it catches our eye. Do we like? Do we have a relationship with the director or the studio? Um, that means we want to help raise the profile, for example. Like for, for Seraph at the end, that was a major interest for me. As we, we're big fans of what Studio Wit does. Uh, we work on Attack on Titan in France, for example... We're, we're huge fans of Rolling Girls, like, for example, and the upcoming Project Ito. Um, and, like, Hal's one of the... the like, we picked up the, the director, like, Ryotaro Makihara's first directorial work, for example, out of Studio Wit. Wit have become kind of a a core process, like, a core studio for promoting new works and new directors for me. And old directors as well. I mean, you can't argue that the director of Death Note is a new director, for example. But they kind of marry up new and old directors together to work on projects, which makes it really cool, actually. Um, so, you know, that kind of reason for us, and then, if there's none, then don't pick up. But for, for other companies who have a simulcast platform, the process really is more a procedural one of what can we get starting at the top of the list and ending at the bottom of the list. And you, they, everyone is different. Everyone has different quota requirements for, for themselves to, to make things work. On my my estimation to make a simulcast platform work, you need a volume of about... Like, you need a pretty decent volume, so you're, you're looking for content, you're always going to end up with... Uh, with some of the shows that only a niche number of people will like, for example, but everyone will tune in to try out at least. Uh, there, there are arguments about what shows quantify, uh, quantified as that and such, but... You know, it varies. Like, you know, Kat was arguing earlier that not, you know, I shouldn't ever license, you know, cute high defense. <laughs> What's it called? Oh, the cute high Magical, defense yeah. earth, earth school club. The one with the pink wombat. There's a pink wombat yeah. in it. It's oh the, my God, the, it's that just one. the magical yeah. boys anime. <laughs> oh, I'd be the only person that would watch it, though. <laughs> or, no, there might be other people that would watch it, but. It's a. Well, I, actually, no. I That was. You just want to watch there, the no, pink wombat, No, I think there right? would be a lot of people that would watch it, but it wouldn't be like tons. But like Maybe. the the core like the core argument always filters around that, and like everyone's cute high Earth Defense Club love. That's yeah. It. Oh, your love's just kind of placed on the end. He's there. been thinking about that since we started <laughs> discussing it. It was but, something random and ludicrous. But um, like that's the the for, for selection of a simulcast. That's kind of how it comes down. Um, like it, it, like it really is the same for everyone in that sense. For us, the difference is we don't have our own platform to feed, so we we do it in a number of ways. We we experiment with things like Vimeo on demand, and we we still are. 
So things like Seraph and Aslan will pop up there for people who prefer download to own, for example. So and we will have details on that soon for you people, so stay tuned for that. Um, but like for us, it really comes down to, to working with partners. And we like there's a degree to which you take in... Sometimes you take in offers from people and see who has the... Like an in- the most interesting strategy, or like or cash offer. Sometimes it's about cash as well, but normally it's more about strategy than anything and what makes sense. So I mean, this season, for example, we have like Plastic Memories is a good example where it's kind of platform neutral. It's on both Vuesta and um, it's on Crunchyroll as well. And like um, obviously, who knows? It might find its way somewhere like Animax. You never know. But, I mean, the, the point is it's kind of platform neutral. There is no exclusivity. So sometimes it works out the other way, though. Platform neutrality is outweighed by like by a proposal in some way or another, and exclusivity becomes the thing there. It doesn't mean that everyone else had nothing to say or didn't want the title. It just... The combination of, of factors means that a title becomes exclusive. So it really comes down to, to what people propose for particular titles. And, that. and sometimes it's about particular passion from people about certain shows um so like really we we do listen to what folks say as well that's why you know plastic memories is on crunchyroll as well for example this time it's a way of seeing if a voice is saying they want more shows there like a like a valid if it, if it generates results then or like generates notes from people then of course we will so yeah like hopefully that that kind of answers i know it's kind of a a mixed, like a mixed and rather long answer. So I guess to summarise, it would be people tend to rank shows. In our case, if we don't see a show we want, we pass on the season. And then, like when it comes to selecting the platform, it really comes down to do you own your own platform, or are you working with different partners? In which case, you you work out what strategy works, non-exclusive and as wide as you can, or exclusive with kind of a more focused strategy and it really varies and we are, we are willing to listen to people on what they want to see in future as well so and we do yeah this question is any word on kill the kill replacement discs that being for part one for those who bought it at mcm specifically i will give an answer for this everybody we are going to be doing something for those people we know it's been a very long wait but as we've said a few times in some other circles we're just wanting to clear that backlog of replacement programs that we need to do so We've sorted out quite a few of them now. The one we're currently working on is Durarara, which we're still aiming for around the end of May for that period. And once there's another more definitive update, we'll have that for you. After that, that's or perhaps around that time for all we know, because a lot of things can happen in a month. For all, yeah. Literally anything can happen in a month. Yeah. Following that or around that same time, we'll be focusing on Kill the Kill for those specifically who bought that first wave, for want of a better way of putting it, at MCM London last October. So so keep an eye out and we will have some news on that soon. The thing that makes it a bit tricky is that we are only now, thankfully we are four people instead of three, and it does take a lot of time and does take a lot of coordination and uh, we really, really appreciate your patience on this. So it'll come, it'll come for sure, but we have to clear Gerara first. We haven't forgotten about you, we promise. <laughs> Next question is, when are you planning to release The Vision of Escaflone on Blu-ray? Later this year! Jeremy says, looking at me intently with hope in his eyes. Um, (laughs) Basically, as soon as we've sorted through the materials, which we're we're doing just now, we've just finished, like, our video technician on this side has actually just gone through and looked at what 
episodes have new footage that will require subtitling and what what episodes actually don't ha- like have new footage but just require the dub to be resynchronized for example because if you recall in our last podcast everyone we mentioned that there was a director's cut version involved in all of this as well which i think like based on a lot of fans reaction when i tell them that and my own reaction in fact um it's not re- like put it like this it's not really very common even back in the, the 90s it wasn't common for this kind of thing to happen to this extreme so it like it's kind of a new territory for us and everyone actually it's the same reason it's not been scheduled stateside yet um so the idea just now optimistically i'd say october but we're aiming for before end of year next question is outlaw star blu-ray any chance of it coming over here following your dvd release um maybe yes maybe no it's it's not on Kat's schedule yet anyway, put it no, like this. I, there's not been like a post-it note just randomly inserted on my calendar or anything. So. <laughs> we know that there's a lot of interest in it. Um, it could be something we look into, but it's not on the radar for this year so far anyway. So mm-hmm. it might be something we release in the future. That said, I do have a lot of surprises on my my slate still. I know there's a lot of people saying, when is there going to be a new announcement? It's like, there's plenty lined up, don't you worry. <laughs> crossing crossing T's and dotting I's, as they say. Mm-hmm. But yeah, but with Outlaw Star as well, I think I'll add to this that, like, that DVD release is pretty damn good in terms yep. of picture quality. I'm watching it through a PS3 or a PS4 myself, I'm still gobsmacked at the quality of it. Yeah, and considering it, it's a DVD. Exactly, considering it's a yeah. DVD. And so it's kind of one of those things that the DVD, as things stand... It's pretty damn good. Mm-hmm. It's definitely on our radar, the Blu-ray version, but there are so many other things in the pipeline that that sort of, for want of a better way of putting it, that's kind of on the back burner a bit. It's mm-hmm. like it's in the to-do list, if you will, yeah. or the to-do or, to see if it's possible I mean, list. To consider list. To, there be, you go. to be fair as well, the cost of offering a Blu-ray can be quite high. Mm-hmm. So when there's a risk involved, especially in a restoration, like, not restoration, but also a re-release after the DVD, it kind of you might want to hedge your bet. So, I mean, like, let's see. I mean, we know Funimation have announced a bunch of titles, and I believe Outlaw Star is among them, like, from Sun- like uh, from Sunrise. So, I, like, I, I'm 99.9% sure it's on their list as well. Um, but if it is, then maybe we can, can do something with them later down the line when they get to that one. This question is in reference to Samurai Flamenco. I've heard rumours that Anaplex USA may not be releasing Samurai Flamenco in the US. Will this affect your plans for a home video release, or were you going to if Anaplex didn't release it anyway? Um, so basically, the question is, they've heard Aniplex are not releasing it in the USA, and does that impact on us, or were we going to do it either way? Yes. Um, well, we plan to release it either way. I can't comment on what what the US plans are or not and I, like honestly I'd be interested to hear where they yeah, like, they heard that from because it's not been like it, the last time I read was Madman said they were like it was reported that Madman were waiting mm. on on stuff from them so I mean I'm like I, I'm fairly confident we're going to push ahead regardless and the, the plan for that just now actually the delays on getting it dubbed in France of all places <laughs> uh, like for that so which is I know bizarre but it's interesting um, There's a random tidbit for you. <laughs> but, so it'll be it'll be out this year. Like the aim is before MCM October time, give or take. It'll only have an English subtitle. Yeah, there there is no English. We stuff we don't believe there's any plans. For, we know there's no plans for a dub. As far as we know, it's not appeared on our schedule for a dubbing, 
which isn't a huge surprise given it was like I mean there's no beating around the bush it didn't sell well in Japan for starters um, it was one of the lowest sellers in the last year um, in Japan I think it's a fun show and I'm sure there's plenty of people on Netflix who've checked it out as well so like I think it deserves a home video release in the UK still um, and it'll be a Blu-ray and a DVD release I think we, we've debated between doing just Blu-ray only or Blu-ray and DVD and since France is going to do a DVD as well you know why not it doesn't hurt us to add the English to that and do an English menu you know mm. So, hopefully that answers the question. I can't really comment on what the US plans are. And in fact, I've not heard they're not releasing it. I've not heard they are releasing it either, for what it's worth. But, you know, like I've, I've really no news on that one. But we still plan to release it within this year. And our final question for today. Andrew, out of curiosity, what is the most expensive license you've acquired? Price-wise, no need to name it. And did you manage to make money back slash how many units did it roughly sell? That's an interesting question. I like. I'm assuming we're not talking just at my time at Anime Limited. Let's just say throughout your career. Let's throughout my career, that is a a very in depth question. Um, well, I was luckily not really involved in the the big boom around Heat Guy J. Heat Guy J is notorious, incidentally. Like um, because like as an example, without naming names, and it's not anyone in the industry just now, as far as I know, who who was involved in it. But, and it's more related to the US than the UK, actually. But what happened was... So around the time of Trigun, there were a lot of raised bids. So Trigun was quite a high-bid title. And, like, it, like for the time. And it's, it recouped its money, actually, in the end. But the trouble was, at that point, people would have to look at a title with very little evidence either way. It. Like, Heat Guy J looked like it should do sort of Trigun numbers... And when it was put into practice, it completely fell apart. Like, it didn't it didn't do anywhere close to that. So that was a, a big sore topic for a lot of people for a while. Um, in terms of myself, we weren't really caught up in that one. Um, I don't think at Bees we were ever in that, like in that situation. And I actually, I think at Kaze it was the same. Like, at least with the UK, as far as the UK was concerned, we were never... Like, the catchway too is when it as far as it comes to the UK, any money we could put in as a com- like as a company, uh, as a country, even, like, is dwarfed by what America could offer. So we've, like, I've heard the numbers for episodes has gone up above 50,000, sometimes above, like, US dollars an episode, even higher. Um, like, and that's none of us, could, like, none of us in the UK could could find even, you know, like a fraction of the amount required overall for a 13 or 26 episode show like, like to pay that the UK is worth a fraction of what the rest of the English speaking world is mm. uh, particularly compared to the USA so it's it's actually quite hard, I'd say the high, like, I had to pay for one or two classic shows in France in the past, like both at my time at Anime Limited and before that, like nostalgia shows cost for most money versus, you know, what you would expect. You'd expect over time, especially with additions done before, for it to cost less money. And the answer is, yes, you do make your money back in the end. Um, if it, if the title is good, but like a nostalgia title, if it aired on TV, like in the, like the 80s, 70s or 80s in France, it does well. Um, 
so like exact numbers off the top of my head I couldn't come up with for how they've sold but I could tell you that they break even yeah, that's not always the case now but some films films are actually especially tricky because you've only got one title there so you can only release at most three editions at first and ultimate the collectors and the standard um, split for the standard between DVD and Blu-ray perhaps um, so really four editions there and then you can do maybe a st- like maybe eventually the standard ones keep going the rest sell out but it becomes harder the more you pay for a film the more you have to be sure you're going to do something to attract people's attention and keep it burning long term you know that's the, the so that's where it becomes difficult because films even the slightest increase from what you know will make money can can generate a loss and but like so that's the, the tough one I've seen before like before my time at Anime Limited I saw a few times actually hmm and actually often for film you're dealing with something where you've not seen... Like, for a, a simulcast, you've got some material to work from normally. For a film, if you want to do the job properly, you're often pre-buying. Mm. Which, like, because by the time you've only got a very limited window to do theatrical. Like, if you if you have the option of download it on the internet or travel to, to say, Glasgow, Edinburgh for Scotland Loves Anime or London for like London for the BFI Anime Weekend or to Leeds Film Festival, you know? Like, it's... If it's that option versus download, a lot of people who have to travel a very long way to get there might go, actually, there's only one film I want to see anyway, so, you know, I'll take my chances. And, like, that... Like, it is a challenge because then there's a question, well, why don't you just roll it out to more cinemas? And the answer to that is it's pretty simple as you're not going to do enough people, like, you're not going to fill enough seats Mm -hmm. in, like, in all the cinemas across the UK to do it. It's not, you know, even for things like Veroni Kenshin, for example, from Warner, that's that's an event screening that's done on, you know, one or two, three days max. And, like, it's not a, it's not even a full week's run. And that's a, a company with the clout and marketing resources of Warner, you know. So... There's a degree of cinemas knowing what will put people into seats. Mm. So it's not that it's impossible, it's just that it requires the right film to do a bigger scale. And unfortunately, like whether it's fair or not, a large amount of anime doesn't fall under that category always. That said, I'm like, I'd be interested to see if we could do something a bit more touring-wise. Mm. Anyway, sorry, I realise we're, we're diverging from the question. No, it's just a, <clears throat> an interesting topic. I suppose I'll just call a spade a spade. Is there any title you can name, or would you rather not? Uh, there's none I can name, not because I can't, but just because, honestly, I deal with t- so many titles on a day-to-day basis, and mm. my brain is kind of a sieve for that kind of thing. I would say that like some of the most expensive titles are the ones you wouldn't always expect. Hmm. Like it, it, is that from the perspective of who it's by, or maybe a genre, or...? I, it's not even that, it's just about... Like, you would always expect some of the... Like, you know, you'd expect your Attack on Titan to be expensive, for example, but actually, very often you don't know the biggest hits until they happen. And when they do happen, like Attack on Titan, for the next few years afterwards, people are trying to peg desperately the next title onto... Mm to Attack on Titan or whatever, or Death Note or Full Metal Alchemist. They're really trying to to hammer home that point of you've got the next Attack on Titan or Death Note on your hands with if you buy this title, so we need the 
the payment, like the, the, the promise of, of payment to be higher, for example. And that's often where the trouble begins for everyone collectively, not just one company in the industry. Because, like, it, it's not unfair. You can understand as a salesperson that, mm. like, that it's like this title, so it's bound to sell well. Mm-hmm. But unfortunately, the truth is, you only get a title like Attack on Titan once every five, ten years. The last really big title was Death Note. That correlates in, you know, Full Metal Alchemist was kind of the middle blip. Mm. Like, it did well, but it certainly wasn't. You could almost describe it as, like, a bright a bright light within a time frame, I suppose. Yeah. Like, it's a good flare, but it's not really... Like, it's not as big as the other two. And you mm. get kind of that flow where there's, like, a Death Note, then a Full Metal Alchemist, then back to an Attack on Titan. Mm. And now it's dot, 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 question mark until the next mid-range hit. What's um, next? Well, I say mid-range hit. I really love Full Metal Alchemist, and it's great. It's Sounds unfair. awesome. It's unfair to call it a mid-range hit, but I just mean on the scale mm. of... When it comes to what... Uh, the way I would put it is what crossed over into the mainstream, because Death Note is one that a mm. casual anime fan, if I put that in inverted mm-hmm. commas, you could say, oh, like, what anime have you, have you watched before? Like, oh, like, I love Death Note. Oh, Attack on Titan. Like, it's those kind of shows mm-hmm. that can just transcend virtually any boundary. Yeah, and, and, some, those of ones. The, and some of the slightly less casual mm. fans would then go, and I really like Full Metal Alchemist as well. Yeah. <laughs> like, so I guess that's the comparative. Mm. Cool, well, I think we're going to wrap it up here for today. Any other business people? Anything else you want to get off your chest? Want to say hi to anybody? <laughs> want to vent? Andrew looked like a super saiyan there for a second. Um, <laughs> I say, please, Speaking of which, please continue to buy our beautiful products and continue to help us help you buy titles that you want to watch. No. No. Oh, okay, then. That's condescending. I do, I do want to close out with this, but speaking of Super Saiyan, I love the fact that the new Dragon Ball... This isn't a spoiler, because this has gone around the internet, people. But I love the fact that the new Dragon Ball film has... It, what's the way to put it? From Battle of Gods, Goku becomes Super Saiyan God, and they managed to make Goku become a Super Saiyan while a, a Super Saiyan God. So there's now a Super Saiyan God Super Saiyan. Only in Dragon Ball. I love it. <laughs> if they keep making new movies of it, they're going to have to come up with some seriously new terminology. Does that mean they're going to have to, like, Super Saiyan God, Super Saiyan 3? Or something? Or cubed. There's actually a lot of, like, <laughs> there's been a lot of cool trailers coming up, actually. Mm. Like, recently. I know we're getting sidetracked again, but there's, um, like, a, there's a new Boy and the Beast trailer as well for... Oh, I haven't seen that Oh, yeah, I saw that up uh, on a I've not seen the trailer yet, though. I've not watched it yet, either. Like, it's... It's gonna make it's really good. Cry. It's gonna make me cry, like for a few reasons. You will. Cry. But um, yeah, like, yeah, like it's. It's interesting. The new Miss Hawkeye trailer, I believe, as well out just now. If not, there will be one shortly. Um, spoiler. Um, <laughs> that's, that's the film I'm really looking forward to this year, for sure. Yeah. Actually, bizarrely enough, that's one I'm looking forward to the most as well. You'd like, I mean, I, I'm a very big Mamoru Soda fan as well, but. For me, I'm really excited about Miss Hokusai just now. Mm. Just because it's, um, like, it's something you actually, and we will get to this on another podcast, but you do actually, whether you know it or not, you've seen Hokusai's work before in a lot of different places. Mm. We touched it in the first podcast, actually, I think. Mm. So, so it's, given a few hints there. And his daughter's really interesting as well, actually, so we'll, we'll, cover, we'll cover that at a different time, but... I don't know, there's a lot of interesting... Like, because we were discussing this in the office earlier, because there's mm. been you... Um, 
Like, was the new Terminator, the new Avengers, like, admittedly are both sort of, for the lack of a better description, in the same sort of area, genre-wise. We were just talking about sort of like, films we were looking forward to and sort of what films were doing and sort of what's exciting in some various elements, and they're ones that came up, and it is going to be a very interesting year for films. I know we're, we're in April, we're nearly halfway through the year already, If I, and I hate to phrase that. Don't say that. Don't say that. You're, yeah, yeah. Okay, no, all right. You can't okay, no, no. can say we're, that. We're, we're, just, we're, we're a third of the way it. through the year. We're, we're oh. just getting... We're not even at summer yet. Oh, no. But, um, but yeah, so we're going to close it out here, guys. Thank you very much for listening. For more information on us, it's alltheanime.com. Head over to blog.alltheanime.com, which you can access through using the menu bar if you want to, on the same alltheanime.com homepage. And you can find lots of features. We do updates on simulcasts, as mentioned. We've got loads of other great content. Social media-wise, Facebook and Twitter, it's all the anime. Instagram and YouTube, all the anime UK. From myself, Kat, Kerry, and Andrew, we've been Anime Limited, signing out. Ciao. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. Do you remember, Ch- do you remember Chows from Sonic Adventure? They were weird. Who? Oh, Chows. Oh.